0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking About the Big Stuff podcast with Michael Cole. Uh, I am Michael Cole, and today I have on with me my uh, friend Wes Wennerstrom. Hi. hi. Yeah. How are you doing? Um, So today we're going to be talking about, uh, I, I was thinking mental health, you had said behavioral health. So why don't you start us off by explaining what behavioral health is, and we can kind of go from there.
1: Yeah, sure. So behavioral health, behavioral health is kind of a it's kind of an encompassing term uh, for mental health, and then other services that are kind of adjacent or strongly related, um, such as uh, substance use disorder, and then other services that um, are, I guess, uh, related to a person's. Um, uh, socioeconomic uh, factors so uh, case management and the like. Um, so for instance if you had someone in like a jail setting and they were getting uh, mental health services, um, they would also be getting services that are um, helping them transition to the community, helping their families uh, navigate changes um, and just you know navigate a lot of different systems. So uh, behavioral health has kind of become a more uh, encompassing term like I said.
0: Great, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I would have, I think the, you know, substance abuse help makes sense. I wouldn't yeah. have thought of the of you know, the prison population and and trying to reintroduce them back into, uh, non prison society. But that that is a
1: really cool factor that I hadn't thought of. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh that's forensic social work. So uh, yeah, that's another fancy term, forensic. Um, you know, but it's not like fingerprints or whatever it just means justice involved so um that's something i've done in the past
0: very cool yeah. um so for for the listeners um wes is a professional in in this field um that you are actually the first professional i've had on the podcast um everything else has oh, just really? been people kind of talking about our our thoughts on things but actually having somebody who has a uh degree in this is is it will be a little bit different of a of a feel which is in a, in a good way I'm excited. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well I've been listening to your podcast and you know I I kind of enjoy that it's a conversation as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well that's that's my hope is even you know right now with you I'm hoping that we'll we'll it'll be more conversational but you'll bring a little more weight I guess to it and even though I am uh obviously not a behavioral health expert i am a mental health expert in personal in my personal uh capacity because i've been dealing with uh manic depression and bipolar disorder since i was 18 Um, yeah then obviously when i say professional or i don't mean like that i mean or expert i mean like just that i have now had 20 years of of dealing of knowing that I was dealing with it because I was actually dealing with it for about four or five years before I got diagnosed. Um, yeah well
1: yeah. that's a good point. I mean you you are the expert of your own um, you know your own mental health and your own recovery you know so yeah that's that goes a long way in um, you know engaging with people and, and, and having recovery.
0: yeah mm-hmm. obviously anywhere that you have, professional insight you, you should weigh in on it but um okay. my original thought on on bringing you on was to talk um kind of you know obviously i've been dealing with with mental health for a long time i know that you uh had some similar mental health uh work to do on yourself um in mm-hmm. high school i don't know how far you know You were dealing with as far as as seeing a therapist or or medication or anything like that, but you know, then you transitioned into uh, being a professional. So, um, if you want to to give us any insight as to to how you see that,
1: yeah, well, um, yeah, in the social work field and in the therapy field in general, there are a lot of folks that have dealt with their own um, either disorders or grief and loss. Uh, or substance use issues, um, and they oftentimes will use it to inform their work. Um, and through that process, they kind of tease out, you know, what's me? What's the client? You know, what do I want to get out of this? You know, am I trying to change the world? Am I trying to change myself? Um, you know, it's oftentimes both. Um, yeah, I've had my own mental health struggles. Um, I've kind of come to understand them as being maybe uh, genetically based. Uh, depression, depression runs in my family. Um, I've had on and off, uh, episodes of major depression in my lifetime. Um, and now I take a medication for it and it's actually working out really well. And this is the longest time I've been on a medication consistently. Um, I've also dealt with some issues of just, uh, vicarious trauma, uh, from having worked in the social work field for the past 10 years, uh, seeing things, experiencing things, um, working too hard, burning out, you know and that happens to a lot of folks in the field.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's the same thing, but I, I I know a bit about caretaker is it caretaker fatigue or the, I forget the term for it, but I would imagine it's a similar process for somebody working with patients and and, and clients uh dealing with mental health that you're there's going to be
1: some some burnout. Um Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also um, there's this kind of new term that's in vogue. And actually, I I was just kind of going through a restaurant the other day to use the bathroom, and I saw it on a television. Um, and they were talking about it, and it's a uh, uh, oh crap, what is it called? Uh, moral injury. And this is a kind of a term that's gained some traction during the pandemic because folks are have been asked not to conduct business as usual, um, and a lot of professionals like EMTs. You know, in the early days of the pandemic, they didn't know, you know, should I be giving this person mouth to mouth, you know, or, uh, you know, they're like I was in a, um, a state hospital facility and people were, you know, uh, not able to provide the same level of care they were because of the strictures that were placed on them or uh, concerns about their safety. So the term moral injury, uh, um, it's, it's basically, you know, I can't do things the way it really the way I feel like I need to and the way I feel like I need to engage with somebody, um, you know, and it's not, it's not the same as, as burnout. It's just kind of like being mixed up inside, you know,
0: Yeah, and that, that's stressful. It yeah. absolutely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say with the, the you're introducing me to a whole bunch of new terms and they all make, you know, they're all pretty interesting that, that moral injury one I can think of about, a dozen examples of, of ways that that could play out and that kind of uh... yeah
1: yeah well it's, you know it's i feel like the um the discourse is catching up around the pandemic you know a lot of people just didn't know how to interpret what was going on with them yeah in early stages at least yeah
0: um so I, one thing that i will say that i've done in the last two or three years i guess it was it was since the pandemic um i guess it was almost two years ago now, uh, that has helped me enormously. And I'm, and, and you kind of kicked it off for me, uh, was I stopped using Facebook. Um, I mean, I'm my, my Facebook profile still exists and mm-hmm. I, and I have the messenger on my phone in case people want to get in touch with me. Yeah. And, and my Instagram does feed to my Facebook, but like, and i you know i stopped using it what was that name of that documentary that i you had recommended to me
1: uh, oh uh yeah i know what you're talking about it was on netflix it was like the social the social dilemma social dilemma yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Totally. after that
0: after that and then going into the 2020 election cycle i i like l- literally had burnout from like i had a mental burnout to an extent where i was just like uh, I was mixed between like rage and, uh, being distraught on a really regular cycle. And so I, you know, I think I had just, you had told me about that and you would, I think, shut off most of your social media for a little bit. And then I, I saw that movie and I, I quit Facebook and I'm still on Instagram, but like Instagram to me is such a less toxic place the way I use it than Facebook was. Um, yeah. Facebook was just constant, uh, constant discussion of politics with people who just want to like fight. Uh, and whereas Instagram for me is, um, typically it's like funny stuff or food or travel. And that's like all it is. Like I joke. Yeah. I joke with Sarah all the time that if anybody ever saw our Instagram DMs to each other that they would just think we were like bizarre because it's all, oh, here's a recipe I like and a place I want to go. And it's all of that. And sometimes without words. And, and so it's it's a much more healthier place for me than Facebook
1: was. Yeah. Well, I, I think that with Instagram, I mean, it's more like content based you know, it's less like, "Oh, I'm going to state this uh, opinion, and then we're going to have it out in the comments." You know, I feel like that was really the focal point of Facebook. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, all the social media stuff. I mean, it's it's difficult because uh, we're really, uh, it's like we're losing connection to one another, and like, connection is such an important piece of mental health. You know, and I've just like not even intending to had so many relationships go, go sour just based on like a Facebook comment or something like that. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I look back on it. It's like, man, <laughs> you know, it's like, that's, that's what I felt. And like, if I was talking with someone in person, I still would have held my ground. But like, it, you know, it would, it would just be different, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. And it's just bizarre. It's, you know, yeah. Well, you'll,
0: there's a few things I think, and you'll say, maybe not you and and i don't think i'd do this but typically a lot of people will say stuff that they wouldn't say in person yeah when and it gets way more vitriolic but then on on the other hand you also even in the like say you had a a conversation where you might word for word say that in real life the way you said it on facebook you're not hearing the tone or seeing the facial expressions that go with it and that can just create more empathy, even if the person is saying something shitty to you or you're saying something shitty to the person there, the, the look of pain, like on somebody's face or the look of frustration on somebody's face, you're going to feel some level of empathy. Mm -hmm. Most people will. Um, I know, you know, I don't know how like really trolly kind of people would, but you know, and most people that I connect with in life, I feel like wouldn't behave the way on in real life that they do on Facebook.
1: Oh, absolutely not. No way. And yeah, you know, it's your point about like that kind of of communication, you know, uh, that's, that's really important, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> I saw this really funny meme that was like a, you know, it's like, Oh, these people that, you know, they can't stand small talk. They want to never have small talk. And it's like, you know, you're not going to walk through your your door into your house and be like, "Hi, honey, I'm home." You know, have you thought about the eternal abyss that like resides all around us? You know, <laughs> it's like people don't talk to each other that way. Yeah. You know, they go and they they look at each other and you know they mirror each other and there's the mirror neurons and and all that. You know.
0: Yeah, that's true too. That's uh, something I had not thought about is the balance in which we have conversations with people in real yeah. life. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you, you come home and you say oh, my day sucked. And, oh, uh, yeah. I can't believe it's gray out another day. And then you get, you know, you spend a couple hours and you talk about real stuff and you talk about fake stuff and it's it's all kind of balanced out a bit. But if you're only talking about fake stuff or you're only talking about really hardcore shit, then it 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 creates a, uh, a really, yeah. uh, you know, it's like eating all meat or eating all, I don't know, uh, Not Mm -hmm. all vegetables, because I think that all vegetables wouldn't do that. But you know what I'm saying? Like you have to have, you know, what is it? Uh, Variety is the spice of life.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, man, I really I feel for kids nowadays. You know, they just like for this to be their reality. You know, it's, it's no wonder they're just losing hope. And all you know, there's like this rise in pediatric depression. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just horrible. Like you know, I. I'm really happy I was raised when I was raised, you know, cause I got to just wonder about things, you know, yeah. like have an imagination. It's not like that anymore.
0: Yeah. Know? I've been trying really hard with Logan. I mean, every kid has screen time and he has probably too much screen time, but we have a good amount of time where he, he will say to me stuff like I'm bored and he hates my response to I'm bored because I always say good. And he, and he's like,
1: <laughs> why is that
0: good and i'm like because if you're bored you're going to learn how to entertain yourself you're going to learn how to be eventually you're going to learn how to be good with your th- thoughts in the quiet yeah like yeah. it's it's you don't want that all the time but you want it sometimes and he doesn't get it yet and, i mean he's six so it's not like it's new to him but we went for a walk like a week and a half ago we went for a walk and he we got like one house away from our house and he's like, okay, I'm ready to go home. And I'm like, we're not doing that. And, and he was like, what do you mean? And I said, um, I said, look, we're going to go for a walk and we're going to go for a while. And you, I, I want you to learn how to be good with stuff. You need to learn how to do stuff. That's not the thing you want to be doing. Like, And I said, if that means while we're walking, you want to stop and collect rocks or you want to stop and I think he was collecting acorns that day. I said, I'm fine with that. If you want to stop when we get to a swing set, you can swing for a few minutes. But what we're not doing is the second we're like tired of something, we're not just getting rid of it and going away from it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you really need to learn how to, to, to be good in the, you know, to, to deal with things not being what you want all the time because it's it you know and I, I'm try I, it's my way of trying to counteract the constant instant gratification that the internet fakely gives us
1: yeah well you know for especially for really severe mental health disorders um you know and this is kind of the same for for everybody on some level is that you just have to have a way to kind of Work through almost like a, a cycle of things, you know, so it's like you know you have to understand like, are you hungry? did you get enough sleep? Um, you know uh, are you able to identify the emotions you feel? are there several emotions in place at once yeah. um, you know but I mean and like it, it, this is great for people with a variety of of disorders, you know um, the one that really comes to mind is called borderline personality disorder. Um, Are you, are you aware of that, that disorder?
0: I've heard of it. I know it's what, it's what Pete Davidson has. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pete Davidson's a really good example, but I
0: I don't fully understand it.
1: Yeah. So essentially it's, it's a really frantic fear of abandonment and it kind of, um, it's, it's due to trauma and it uh, causes a variety of behaviors. Um, And some of them are, um, you know, doing things that are really extreme or um you know threatening suicide that sort of thing um but there's a behavior there's a a treatment for it called uh dialectical behavior therapy um and it's essentially mindfulness um and are you familiar with mindfulness
0: i think so that's yeah i mean i don't think i can describe it but i think i know what it is (laughs)
1: Okay. It's like, what do I taste? What do I see? You know, um, what, what are the sensations on my body? That sort of thing. So it's, it's just slowing down a cycle of 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 escalation. Um, but you could say the same thing for just for life, you know, um, just being aware of your surroundings, being connected to them. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like lost so much in my phone that I forget where I am, who I am, what I'm doing, you know, and it's, it's a weird feeling. Um, you know, I think, (laughs) I just feel like kids are losing those basic skills. You yeah. Know? So, yeah. I don't know if that's, you know, causing worse behavior in children or if they're just, you know, if it's just a, a mental health issue where they feel depressed or if it's, you know, coming off and that they're harder to, uh, harder to deal with. I don't, I don't know. I don't work with kids as of right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think that, uh, we can learn a lot from, um, you know, the deep reaches of behavioral and behavioral health and psychology, you know?
0: Yeah yeah i with logan i haven't noticed um i do worry about long-term effects as much as i worry about short-term like ultimately i try to think about it and it's like every kid probably acts a little bit like an asshole like yeah pretty regularly so like ultimately you just want to get the kid to the right spot in the end um And like, and obviously, some you know, there's a degree to which it's unacceptable. And but like, you know, I'm also trying not to stifle him just being a kid. But yeah, ultimately, like, partly, I mean, even before I knew all of this, knew what I know about social media and all this stuff, it's doing to our brains. Um, you know, as somebody who has a history of of severe depression, and if I'm even though it hasn't been diagnosed on multiple levels it it seems very clear to me that it's a family trait i mm-hmm. even before we had logan i was i was nervous about having him having a kid that potentially would be inheriting all of this and then you add on top of that the fact that they do have more stimulus than we had um and you know and and obviously we had more than our parents had and and yeah yeah. Just thinking about them. we are you we our generation is in a bit of a interesting space. You know, like I I tell people at work like some of the the younger people I work with like oh I didn't have text messaging till I was an adult on my own phone plan. Like yeah, they don't understand that.
1: Yeah, and then we had the T nine. Yeah, not the same thing. You know.
0: Yeah, and even and and even that I didn't have that till I think I was twenty. Like. Yeah. You know, and so like we are in, you know, we are good enough at, um, at, at adapting to technology compared to previous generations without allowing the technology to completely rule us the way the following, you know, I don't know how much Gen Z I'm, you know, but like, or as I say, the younger millennials with Gen Z, I think they're you know, they're what do they call digital natives? Is that what the term is? At, uh, I've heard that. What's that? Uh, I think digital natives is like basically all of the technology was ubiquitous when they became, you know, relatively conscious,
1: uh, uh, not so adults, but like adolescents or whatever. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, yeah. it's Well, I mean, remember how much MTV like we watched as kids? I just like. I was, I not, I was not allowed there,
0: to watch MTV until I was like
1: 17. To... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess everyone had some degree of this, but yeah, I, just, I remember just like sitting there just rotting my brain on MTV, you know? Yeah. And it was just like, it, you know, it was kind of similar to to Instagram, you know? Instagram, I mean, it's like watching television really, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, and then when you go to watch actual television, it seems so primitive, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, so. yeah. and And I feel like. I, I still read regularly, but I don't think I read nearly as much as I used to. And part of that is like life for me, life is, is fairly exhausting. Like going, you know, yeah. waking up early to go run, which I'm, you know, I've been, I've been doing a lot more working out all summer long, trying to, trying to get in better physical shape, but also cause I know that it offsets a lot of my depression symptoms. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm doing that in the mornings, then I'm going to work, then I'm coming home and I've got two dogs and a six year old and my wife, and they're all talking or barking or yelling <laughs> at me when I walk in the door and it goes until almost bedtime. And then I will like sneak away and read like five pages of a book. And my eyes are like, <laughs> yeah. my eyes are so heavy and, sure. and then I'm like passing out and they're and then they're like it's only 9:30 why are you passing out and i'm like it's so exhausting but and 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 that's a that is a good day that's like a really like i feel good at the end of those days even though i'm exhausted cuz yeah you know it's it's a lot of times it is those days when you come home and you watch a couple hours of tv and zone out and then you're like ugh, i feel gross well
1: yeah i mean uh yeah those early childhood years are yeah they're exhausting and you know good on you bud
0: yeah well Honestly, he he is uh, maybe the least tiring. Well, actually, I take that back because he has so much energy. But he, he goes, I mean, he won't wake up in the morning. That's that's a constant fight. But he could go till midnight every night of the week at, like, full pace. And then no, he'll just, no. he just, like, slides in the bed and passes out. Well, I mean, it's a fight to get him to bed. But once he gets to bed, he's out in in a minute and a half, two minutes, but it is yeah,
1: time it, it is all of his
0: energy almost from the moment he wakes up till almost the moment he goes to sleep.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing, you know? Amazing to think about that.
0: Yeah. It's like a vampire, though, because I'm pretty sure he drains all of our energy to
1: do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So even yeah. though they'll be a teenager and they'll want nothing to do with you. So
0: Yeah, I'm aware. That's I'm I'm really scared of that. That's yeah. going to be... My when I was growing up, my dad, my dad took things more personal, I think, than he should have. And when when I was going through the teenage like railing against what he wanted stages and and into my 20s when we weren't getting along, it was it, it was very clear to me how personal he was taking it. And. And I look, I'm look. i looking back, I've been looking back at it for a few years now and been like, I'm not sure I'm not going to be able to handle it any better. I, I, I feel like there's a good chance Logan's going to be like, fuck you, dad, and I'm just going to go off and cry. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you have your own feelings, too, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: But, yeah, I mean, like, it's amazing uh, how much of the stuff, when you think about it, is just so normal, you know. It's yeah. like you know, kids two to four, like just being terrors and teenagers being sullen and staying up until two in the morning, you know, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is just, you know, the more people learn, you know, the, the, the better we do, you know, the more education we have on on these psychiatric things and just normal development. And, you know, that's really getting to be out there a lot more, you know, it's one of the better or the finer points about social media is like you just, you get that information daily, you know? Yeah. 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 But a lot of it is just, you know, you would think it's this big issue and it's just kind of normal, you know, in perspective.
0: True. Yeah. I'm, and I I think I'll be, if, you know, let's say he grows up and does end up having some mental health issues similar to mine. I think I'll be able to help him, but yeah. I'm also hoping in the raising, in the the stage of raising him, I'm hoping to avoid because I, I i'm not entirely sure how much of mine is chemical and hereditary and how much of it is trauma based yeah. um i i mean you, you know we i think you and i were both bullied around the same time by probably the same kids um oh. the bullying was very severe from 7th to 8th grade yeah. and um and i was and i i feel like i've told you this before but i was sexually assaulted by Another another kid, um, when we were in eighth grade, um, yeah, and yeah. and I the more I grow, and the more I have you know my perspective changes, and now you know that was a third of my life ago, and the more I look at it, things like that, it the the more I realize that a lot of this might not be you know, a bunch of chemical imbalance. I mean, it could also be, or it could be a combination of the two things, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's
1: how it goes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, and so I'm hoping that in, in keeping him away from, um, in keeping him away from, hopefully keeping him away from bullies to some extent, being open. I mean, my parents, I think would have been more open to help me if I had trusted them. Um, yeah, Cause I know that like when my dad found out what was going on with me, he ended it immediately and he, he he handled it like the exact perfect way, but I did, but it was going on for almost two years at that point. And so like, and and it was because I was afraid to tell him. And so, and it wasn't his fault that I was afraid to tell him. It was just like, you don't know how to deal with it, but I'm trying to learn Mm -hmm. how to make Logan comfortable so that he knows he can tell me anything because yeah. i think that if i had had if i had done that and avoided that i at least think that some of my trauma uh, my trauma would be gone and or a lot of my trauma would be gone and therefore my
1: mental health would be better yeah well trauma does not help with mental health that's yeah. for sure uh yeah and i mean you you raise a good point too and that you know those things are used to happen in schools. I mean, they still happen in schools, of course. But you know, now we have language around it. And we, you know, there's more, there's more support for mental health issues and more, um, more support for kids that get bullied in school nowadays. You know, yeah. And uh, you know, I've done school social work, and you know, I've I've worked with kids who bullied, and you know, they just they have their own stuff going on, and it's you know, actually really horrible stuff when you really get into yeah. it yeah, oh, yeah.
0: I, I I would be willing to bet that the person who yeah. sexually assaulted me was probably being sexually assaulted, right. Like, right? Based on the the under my understanding of things now and the profile. I mean, this was a kid who was smaller than me and younger than me. I mean, when I say younger, same class, but yeah, six months younger. So it wasn't like some older kid or an right. adult. And so, like for me, that that just had there has to be something more, like some kid isn't doing that in a typical bull like in what we think of as like a typical bullying manner that's that was something
1: deeper in one way or the other yeah yeah well you know i'm sorry that happened to you uh, first of all thank you and uh yeah i mean uh yeah i just think that really we've just come a long way in understanding what we need to address in kids and uh, you know a lot of people will attribute this to high need settings you know schools that are under-resourced but i mean any school could benefit from having a counselor on staff you know yeah. and uh unfortunately one of the things about you know a, a low resource catholic school like we went to is they just didn't have that available you know yeah uh, you know, well we <laughs> we yeah. talked plenty about the the uh the schools that we went to when we were younger um you know but uh
0: yeah but i'm not entirely sure well, if they had had yeah. the resources I mean, would it have served? Would they have used it that way anyway if they had had the resources? Because, and and I don't want to go. We don't have to go it too far into my problems with with uh, religion, but with private schools, I think there's a lot of it is you know the, the desire to seclude kids from society to some extent, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While there, I don't think that most people are sending their kids to school to be abused or to be bullied to a private school. Uh, the abusers and the bullies have some of the same similar needs as what the parents want their kids being shielded from mm. to some extent. You know, I don't, maybe I'm not articulating that correctly, but like. Yeah, but you're, you know, oh, I don't want them to learn about this. But like, I know that a big risk with from what I've been hearing with people wanting more homeschooling and stuff and not wanting these well checks on homeschooled kids is like it's a good way of hiding abuse. And unfortunately, it's also, you know, you can't assume that everyone who's doing that is trying to hide abuse. There's some people who genuinely are afraid to send their kids because they don't believe in the thing that's being taught in the school. Whether, you know, a, on a whole bunch of different things, but then there's also the people who are like, yeah, well, if they go to school that, you know, they're going to see the bruises or the whatever signs of of abuse that's going on. And so when you have that mentality, but you're sending them to a private school instead of, say, homeschool, you're allowing other, you're allowing bullies and other kids to, and and, and potentially adults to take advantage of that same isolation
1: Yeah, well, this is, you know, this is kind of like a a perennial issue that's, you know, it's like, okay, parents have the right to raise their kids that they want to, or or the ways that they want to. But when you start to look at, you know, the harm that they're doing, um, it can either be subjective or or quite objective. You know, it's like, you know, this kid has no social skills, you know, this kid, uh, you know, um, needs extra help, you know, say they have a kid with a disability or something like that, and they're not getting it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it can be strange, you know, and you bring into things or bring like job protective services or, or whatnot into the fold. And, uh, you know, you can get some interesting culture clash and, uh, you know, that factors into assessments of a person's mental health too, you know?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. There's a really good book, uh, called, uh, the spirit catches you when you fall down. Um, I can recommend either to your listeners and it's about um, a uh, um, it's about a town in California. I think it's called Merced um, where these Hmong people have been living Um, and Hmong are like an ethnic group from Cambodia uh, that the U.S. bought in as refugees after Vietnam and they have really different ideas about epilepsy. They think epilepsy is a gift and they have this child with really severe epilepsy and they are just really not engaging with the US medical system um and the kid is just getting worse and worse um so it's about kind of the the balance between cultures and uh you know what's expected in modern day um medicine and capitalism you know
0: right that makes sense
1: yeah
0: one thing that i, I i'm curious to talk to you about I don't know that you've had this issue um I guess the best way for me to describe it is is that like I have really negative historically I have really negative self talk and I almost think of it as like Gollum and Smeagol um and and for the, this summer one of the things that I've been doing is so I've had this voice that I have you know in my head where I've told myself how much I suck or how Stupid or anytime. I'm feeling guilty about something. Yeah Um, For years for as long as I can remember this voice has been in my head and And it's not it's not a detached voice It sounds like it's just hard for me to describe it any other way, but it's not detached it is me thinking these thoughts obviously and I'm aware and I can control it to some extent and so this summer at some point i just was like if i'm working this hard in every other way i got to try to stop and not indulge myself in in this uh this negative self-talk and it sounds weird to say indulge but um mm-hmm. like when going to sleep for for months for maybe years when going to sleep i would tell myself how shitty i was and so when I stopped, when I stopped allowing myself to do it, I didn't sleep well for like a month while my system had to, like, I had to relearn. So that's kind of what you were, like, you were just saying about the, you know, almost like the mental muscle memory of, of it. And it, like, it was exhausting, like mm-hmm. trying to be like, okay, don't think you, you cannot, you cannot blame yourself. You cannot tell yourself you're shitty right now. And yeah. it's, it was so tiring and it's still to I mean, it's only been a couple months and I've been doing it for years and years so like earlier tonight like I didn't really allow it myself, but I'm you know It it wipes me out energy wise and it's just retraining your brain and and I had when I you know, when I First was becoming an atheist. I had to do it so that I wasn't immediately trying to pray when I had an issue like, cause I was still doing that, you know, like, cause you get into these mental muscle memory states oh, and retraining mm-hmm. myself on those things has been so difficult and it is, it, you know, it's very tiring. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had anything like that? Um, or, well... or, or dealt with anybody with, with de- describing what I'm describing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure a a lot of people, including myself, have dealt with this. Uh, I'm trying to think of maybe something that I could relate to there. I mean, I I understand what you're saying. Um, And yeah, I mean, your thoughts kind of make your reality, as they say, with like cognitive behavior therapy. Um, And yeah, it's just, you know, therapy is also a process of learning. You know, it's important to learn. Um, You know, when I'm working with kids, I'll bring out like the, you know, the faces for them to interpret, like, you know, what's this face, you know, can you have two emotions at the same time, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. And I I get you, I get what you're saying. And it's hard to break negative patterns like that. It's really hard to find self-esteem when you haven't had it for a long time. Yeah. You know, and people that are survivors, it's, it's really difficult to locate, you know, it can be a, a really long process. Um, and then yeah, sleep is a, is a weird thing. (laughs) I, I, Until I went on uh, antidepressant maybe like eight months ago, I was just having the worst couple of years of sleep of my life, you know, and it really is a disaster for mental health as well. Yeah. Um, It's all... Yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean... Sorry, I I was just going to say, it's
0: also really important to get sleep. So, like, my dad has Alzheimer's and I the doctor thinks and this makes 100% sense he was an insomniac basically for 20 years where he would get less yeah. than 3 hours of sleep and Ooh, it just goodness. it just racked his brain and like i mean you could talk to my dad he's not he's still early stages and yeah. and he's relatively young but like he and a big thing that they did when they diagnosed him was they got him on sleep medication and made sure that his sleep and that slowed the progression down but I tell I since I've learned all that I've told everybody like even if it it feels like oh, like I can go a couple nights without sleep That's you know, you can you're it will mess up a week or two of your life to do that But if you're going too long term and I don't know where that line is You just said two years that that scares me a little bit the idea of having two years of bad sleep so That's that's something I've been advocating for since I've learned that about my father
1: uh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's, that's like kind of the behavioral health that I'm talking mm-hmm. about, you know, so like, you know, things like if you can't get good sleep, like you're going to be in a terrible mood, you're going to have, you know, what looks like an affect disorder, right? You know, like depression or even like mania or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's how, it's how you interact with like what you need to do every day, you know? And, um, yeah, so not taking your medications, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's important to take care of yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, unless you've got anything else, I think maybe we should wrap up. I've got one final not related question, but do you have anything else that you want to throw in first?
1: You know, um, you know, I recently started working in policy. Um, depending on where you live, it might be uh, just look at your state's resources for, for behavioral health, you know, just Google your state and behavioral health. You know, it's interesting what you might find and and see what's out there.
0: Great. That sounds good. Um, I feel like, and I could be wrong on this is isn't, um, September suicide awareness month or suicide awareness day is coming up. I've been seeing a bunch of stuff for it recently. Oh yeah. Uh, September 30th. is is oh, great. It's actually, no, it's sorry. It's the whole month is suicide awareness month. And obviously we're not just talking about suicide today, but, but obviously that's a huge issue in this country and, in, in mental health, mm-hmm. mental and behavioral health. And, um, you know, it's, it's something that it it wasn't on purpose that I brought you on in September. It was just, it just coincided that way, but you know, yeah.
1: Well, so 988, are you familiar with that?
0: That's the new direct dial for the hotline instead of having to do an 800 number or something, right?
1: Yeah, and it's also it's it's a mental health crisis line. Mm-hmm. So, instead of calling police, you can call you can call this line, but it's it's based on the network of suicide crisis hotlines. So, it can be really either.
0: Great, that's good. That's really good.
1: Yeah. It just went national. It's really, it's a great program. So check it out.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So the, you've listened to a couple episodes, right? So, yeah. so my final question shouldn't come as, as too big of a surprise to you, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, what is the thing that, that you enjoy or that you have have found the most humor in making fun of yourself?
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. That I maybe look and sound like Nicolas Cage
0: i've never i can see it and i can kind of hear it but i had never thought of that before
1: yeah well it used to be well people would say like oh you look like Nicolas cage and i'd be like oh and they'd be like oh you know like the young sexy Nicolas cage uh-huh. and i'd be like okay and and then my friend was like it's not that you look like him it's that you sound like him and i was like oh you know <laughs> so it took me a while you know, he's just such like a self-serious actor. And I don't want to think of myself like a completely self-serious person. He, you know,
0: he both is and isn't at the same time though. Yeah. And, Cause he is like you, have you ever seen, um, there was that movie that came out earlier this year with him. That was the unbearable light lightness of incredible talent or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I watched it on the plane actually, uh, going somewhere. And, uh, yeah, I mean like, I think he's a good actor, to be honest. Yeah,
0: he is. He just picks. Sometimes he picks really shitty stuff, but he is a good actor. And he chews the scenery a lot. But that's that is a good that's that's a good joke. I have not not thought about that for you.
1: (laughs) Just a while. Like, I remember I was in like a training and this woman just turns to me and goes, has anyone ever told you you resemble Nicolas Cage? (laughs) And it's just like, oh. God, it's like a dagger, but yeah. I don't know. It's it's maybe appreciate Nicolas Cage a little more. I think you
0: know. Well, that's good. Yeah, I'm always I'm always a little glad when I ask people that question and their first response isn't, "Oh, remember when you used to make fun of me for?" Because <laughs> <laughs> the fir- first couple or, or for several episodes, I was I th- I think it was about me making fun of people, and I'm like, out of context. This might sound terrible, but. <laughs>
1: Uh, I, I can't remember anything specifically. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking of another thing, but it wasn't me related, and it's not appropriate, so I'll tell you later. You, yeah, I'm, is it uh, anything
0: about waffles?
1: No, no, not waffles. But thanks for um, incorporating that into the wedding speech. Oh, and yeah. good wedding speech, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I want to give you a little golf clap on that one. That was. I love I love the motorcycle story and the braces story. That was pretty great. Yeah. I
0: I, I had a really good time giving that speech. Although I will say my, my favorite part speeches wise of your wedding was when your sister-in-law was talking about you being invited into the group text for the family and just being like, I think the vaccine is the (laughs) vaccine. What did you say? (laughs) Uh, I found this article about why we shouldn't take the vaccine
1: yeah bonnie was like oh don't do it they're not gonna open it and i was like no, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing it so i sent them this thing that was like the real truth that bouchy doesn't want you to know and it was a rickroll and yeah. like no one would open it and finally bonnie was like guys i think Wes has some really good points here and i think you should open it and nobody <laughs> did they did and then everyone was like yeah this guy's in this is great yeah, <laughs> yeah that
0: was that was great yeah, it was fun all right well I think we'll bring this episode to a close. Um, other than your local state resources and and nine eight eight, is there anything else that you wanted to to promote or mention or?
1: Uh, if you want to follow my uh, guitar Instagram, you can. I, I make guitars for fun. Um, it's Olympia Guitar Company. So great, yeah, and they yeah. are
0: beautiful guitars.
1: Thanks, bud. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Well, thanks for having me on, Mike.
0: Thanks for coming. It was this was great.
1: Yeah, man. Well, I hope you have a, a better rest of your day, and I'll I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. All right. Bye, man.